0: When foreigners think of Peru, they probably have images of the ancient Incan ruins of Machu Picchu or the origins of the Amazon River. But how about food? Year after year, Peruvian restaurants and chefs have been increasingly gaining attention as being among the greatest in the world. In 2023, Central was named the best restaurant in the world and Maido was sixth. Both eateries have been on the top 10 list of the best 50 restaurants in the world for the last several years. Meanwhile, Pia León was recognized as the best female chef on the planet in 2021. There's more pressure and more responsibility for sure. You become a reference point for people who are entering the world of gastronomy. So what are the roots of Peruvian food and what makes it so unique? Today on the America's Now podcast, we'll talk about one of Latin America's jewels and how it combines tales of migration and respect for the planet. Hi, everyone. I'm Elaine Reyes in Washington, D.C., and this is the America's Now podcast. Today, we are talking with Peru-based correspondent Dan Collins, who is currently in the capital city of lima hi dan how are you doing
1: great thanks elaine great to speak to you
0: yeah this is a fun one uh dan so year after year peruvian restaurants make it to the list of the 50 best restaurants in the world and of course they've been at the very top of the list uh, of the latin american chapter you're british though you moved to peru were you fully aware did you know how magnificent and diverse Proving cuisine was?
1: Thanks for the question, Elaine. That's a really good one, actually, because I, as you mentioned, uh, most tourists would associate Peru with Machu Picchu, of course, um, you know, probably the most iconic uh, archaeological site in Latin America or South America, at least. And uh, I think the, the image it conjures up is of uh, Andean mountains, uh, llamas, alpacas, um, and, and Machu Picchu itself, you know, the the Inca uh, image of Peru and the land of the Incas, as it's known, uh, particularly in this kind of when you when you hear about the Peru being promoted uh, as a tourist destination. Um, and so I I knew a little bit about it coming from Britain because I had some Peruvian friends and I worked with some Peruvian journalists. And so I had tried a bit of Peruvian food uh, back in those days. There was maybe one or two restaurants in London where I'm from. Uh, Proving restaurants, and um, there's a lot more now. Um, but I remember quite clearly coming when I arrived in Peru. Firstly, I was just astounded by how how cheap everything was to go and eat in a restaurant, especially coming from London. Um, I wish it was still that cheap, but it's not. But I mean, I remember, you know, c- comparing the prices and going for my first ceviche, uh, uh, sitting next to the by the beach, you know, with a sea view, and it cost the whole meal cost me about ten pounds, uh, which I was. Which I was writing home about, of course. And I was, uh, yeah, I was amazed by this dish, ceviche, which I think is probably Bruce's flagship dish, which is uh, made from raw fish, diced raw fish, uh, and is prepared with very, very acidic local lemons, which are, are green and about the size of a lime. Well, they're like the, the color of limes, but actually much smaller, but very acidic. So they kind of cook the fish. And uh, so the ingredientsvis don't say it's raw fish. they consider it to be cooked by the lemons and also with uh, local chilies which they mix in with that and then a little, little bit of salt and it's a very simple dish. Um, and, and in a country where there is such good seafood um, that it is a dish which used to be for for your poor man's platter. Um, there's many dishes like that which are now you know at, served at the best restaurants in Lima but they traditional dishes that people were eaten by, particularly by, by um, you know, ordinary Peruvians. Um, and that was the typical fisherman's dish, if you like ceviche, which they believe was <clears throat> prepared because fishermen out in a boat at sea obviously couldn't start a fire in a wooden boat to, to cook food. So they would uh, use the lemons, uh, which they grow, lo- grow locally um, and whatever else they could find, maybe some chilies and maybe some tomatoes. Um, chop up the fish and then, and then prepare it with the lemons to eat while they were sitting fishing on the, on their boat. And it's also a dish which is eaten in Ecuador as well. Also some places in Central America, but I think that the most well-known version is uh, ceviche from Peru. I have tried some Ecuadorian ceviche and, and some of it's very good, but um, Peruvians are very proud of this dish. And I think it's the dish that uh, perhaps is considered their flagship dish.
0: And I will say, I will add Very much like you, that was the first thing that I had when I landed in Lima and was amazed by uh, how amazing it tastes, but also just how many different types and varieties of ceviche there was. Uh, I was floored and tried a different one every single day. Um, You know, Peru is a melting pot. But before we talk about migration, tell us more about the local ingredients like the large variety of potatoes in Peru—that's something that people may have heard about uh, because you delivered a remarkable story about it. Let's listen to Mitsuharu Samura.
2: That—that that is the fun part of Peru. That we—we we don't reject other cultures, or we don't let them let, let, let them grow, or let them say by themselves. But we 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 embrace them. It's um, like
1: an assimilation.
2: Yes. And we and we and we think how to make them much more tastier, or or I would say more than tastier, maybe maybe how 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 can we apply all these techniques and these flavors and these ingredients to our cuisine? So I think that is that 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 is what makes us free in Peru, you know, inclusive.
0: We were just listening to Mitsuharo Samura, the head chef at Maido, considered the seventh best restaurant in the world in 2021, and he just mentioned how his cooking technique is pretty much Japanese applied to Peruvian flavors. Tell us about the influence of Asian cultures on Peruvian cuisine, and when did it all begin?
1: Thanks, Elaine. Yes, I mean, Asian cuisine has a very strong influence on Peruvian cuisine, and that's, of course, something that that's obviously doesn't go back to the uh, the times of the indigenous cultures, but obviously much more recently. Um, So there's two principal Asian cultures which had a big influence. One is the Chinese and the other is Japanese. Um, Now the Chinese first arrived in Peru in 1854, and they were actually brought over initially as indentured labor after the abolishment of slavery. Um, Obviously referring to, I'm referring to slaves who were brought from Africa. Uh, and they are also part of the population of modern day Peru, of course, as, many other, as like many other Latin American countries, and also had an influence on the cuisine, uh, which I can talk about later. But the Chinese influence began when they were brought over as indentured labor, and these were Chinese principally from what was then known as Canton. And they brought with them uh, their own cooking styles, and also um, were amazed by the, the variety of produce, which Peru produced because of its huge biodiversity. Um, and so this was kind of a, 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 the first point of fusion where Chinese cooking techniques and Chinese cuisine was applied to Peruvian ingredients. And the result is is, is what Peruvians call chifa, which as I understand it, it comes from the word chaofa, which is a, a Cantonese word for fried rice. Um, that's one of the theories. There are also other Cantonese words which are in normal Peruvian speech, which is but uh, particularly referring to cuisine, siao uh, is what Peruvians call soy sauce, and Kion is what Peruvians call ginger. And so the influence has been very strong by the Chinese on Peruvian cuisine, particularly Chinese from from uh, Cantonese Chinese, and and uh, those people are now known as tusan, which is a word for Chinese people who've uh, you know settled in other countries. Um, and according to at least some historians, Chinese people make up about ten percent, or at least Chinese blood uh, in Peruvian uh, in the Peruvian population accounts for about ten percent of the population. And chifa restaurants you can find in any town in Peru, uh, wherever you go, um, a bit like Indian restaurants. I thought when when coming from the UK, every town you go to or village you go to in the UK, you can find an Indian restaurant. Well, <clears throat> you can find a chifa restaurant in any town. in in Peru. And uh, obviously the the quality varies um, and some uh, purists might dispute how authentic it is, but I think it's become uh, a fusion uh, dish all of its own or fusion cuisine all of its own. So the Japanese uh, also had a very strong influence. And that dates back to um, the uh, initial arrival of Japanese immigrants, dates back to 1899, um, when the first uh, ship arrived in Callao, the port of Lima with 790 farmers who were ready to work on sugar plantations on the coast of Peru So many of them would have been working alongside um, Chinese people as well and and that influence has also Been a strong one. It's particularly related more to um, coastal dishes which are often fish based so uh, Japanese cuisine it is very uh, has uh, uses a lot of seafood and so uh, I think the um, Ceviche, as you might know it today, uh, may have had some influence from the Japanese cuisine, but there's also a type of cuisine which is known as Nikkei, uh, which is probably the best exponent, but certainly not the only exponent uh, or the most famous exponent is uh, Mitsuharu uh, Sumura, who is the head chef at Maido, uh, which is one of the uh, Peru's most award-winning restaurants. It's won dozens and dozens of awards uh, from... The world's 50 best restaurants to to other world class awards and uh, and as you mentioned Mitsuhara in, in that clip was talking about the the flavors um um I I'm, I remember him explaining just how much he likes the, the the fusion of flavors and the explosion of flavors and so that has has been also a strong influence on on proving cuisine um, but is that's not to leave out other influences as well Um just very briefly um, Italian immigrants and. Um, Also, immigrants from, of course, Spain, uh, uh, Jewish immigrants, and the Arab influence, which came probably with the initial Spanish uh, conquistadors in about 500 years ago. Um, And just one more I should mention is the the African influence. So that was the the cuisine developed by African slaves before slavery was abolished in the middle of the 19th century. Uh, And they developed the cuisine, which is now known as criolla in Spanish, but creole cuisine. And many of those dishes are made from what was left over from when the slave owners would slaughter a cow and they would take the meat and the uh, slaves would be left with the innards. So you're talking about the hearts, the lungs and all these other, and the offal essentially. And that uh, has now been developed into what's a very very popular street food like kebabs, which are, are made from beef heart uh, or cow heart kebabs and also other dishes which are made from offal uh, like cow-cow and uh, mondongo which are hugely popular dishes and and it's really the basis of of Peruvian cuisine particularly on the coastal in the coastal region and Lima
0: and you know you mentioned all of that and i can honestly say uh you could walk anywhere in Lima and find all those different options and available different types of food uh, everywhere you turn. And I think I have you to thank for putting my dough on the list for me to try when I was there. That was such a wonderful experience. And uh, you're right on when you say explosion of flavors. The food was amazing, of course, and it was a total experience. But, you know, I didn't feel intimidated at all. It was very friendly. Uh, It wasn't, you know, a fancy, fancy place where I felt like I didn't belong there, so um, thank you for that.
1: Welcome, Elaine. Thank, <laughs> you, for, thank <laughs> yeah, you. I want to back.
0: <laughs> Let me come back. Um, I, I, I want to ask. Here? I want to ask you about the Latin America map because you know people should know more about Peruvian food. I loved it. I loved the diversity. But people recognize Mexican food right off the bat. It's the most famous, and it's it's easy to understand why. It's it's rich, but it's very simple. It's very inexpensive. Why don't you think that Peruvian food isn't as well-known as Mexican food?
1: Well, I think we could start with the fact that Mexico is right next to the United States. um, And it's a huge nation as well. I mean, much bigger than Peru, uh, with a population of well over 100 million. Um, So the influence, I think, that Mexico has had on, on, on particularly food in the United States has been much stronger. Uh, just as the cultural influence of Mexico has been much stronger as well so I think that's that's probably the principal reason and as you mentioned I think you know it's probably it's quite accessible food as well I mean it's amazing street food isn't it a Mexican food I mean uh, you can just go and grab a taco uh, and eat it on the street uh, or have it with a beer or or eat it in a stadium watching sports or whatever you want to do so it's, it's kind of it's much more uh, accessible in that sense as well. But I think that Peruvian cuisine in the last two decades probably is starting to make inroads uh, in uh, not only the United States, but also European capitals. Uh, we're seeing now uh, more Peruvian restaurants and particularly high quality Peruvian restaurants, particularly one that belongs to uh, Virgilio Martinez, who is the chef behind Central, which is. Uh, probably the most award-winning Peruvian restaurant in Lima and uh, he's the, 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 there is an experimental nature I think with Peruvian cuisine uh, they're trying to push the boundaries uh, particularly with the fusion um, they're trying to take dishes traditional dishes like ceviche and and try new varieties and I think in the case of Vigilio what he's trying to do um, is trying to bring in the other parts of Peru which uh, are less well known uh, uh, particularly the Amazon, which has, as you can imagine, being so biodiverse has a wealth of ingredients and trying to bring that into proving uh, Peruvian uh, cuisine, which, which is commonly eaten in Peru. And then uh, and a, a way of also trying to promote Peruvian, Peruvian cuisine and as particularly the biodiversity, which Peru has, is, is getting this cuisine uh, or these ingredients at least into dishes, which are served in, in fine dining restaurants. Uh, and that's those are obviously the kind of restaurants which are visited by tourists who have the money to go and spend and the, the time to go to these restaurants and have, say, like, for example, a 14-course meal with, in the case of Virgilio and Central, you can have a dish which, you can have, sorry, a, a dining menu which goes from every altitude in Peru or it starts at the bottom of the sea. So everything on that plate, your first dish or your last dish, whichever, whichever way around it goes, Will be from the bottom of the sea, and then it goes all the way up to the highest part of the Andes. Um, so, and everything on that di- on that on that dish you have in the highest part of the Andes will be probably the type of grass that you you find up there with alpaca or something like that. So, these are, this is very high concept cuisine, which is not commonly eaten by Peruvians, and it's probably not the kind of thing that that people are going to. It's it's certainly not as accessible as as uh, the kind of Mexican food, which is eaten in the United States. Uh, but it's certainly putting Peru on the map in the fine dining world. And I think what will happen is that the uh, the, the more accessible type of cuisines and, re- and cuisine and restaurants will, will come and reach food uh, lovers uh, outside of the Peruvian borders.
0: And when you've interviewed and spent time with these amazing visionary chefs, what do they think of all the attention uh, that they're getting putting Peru on the map and what are their plans to innovate, to stay relevant, but also at some point make it more accessible to people, to everyday people?
1: Well, I think most of the chefs, and I think this goes for pretty much every Peruvian chef I've spoken to, think that it's been a long time coming, the recognition for Peruvian food. I think what happens in Peru was that traditionally foreign dishes and cuisines were highlighted or seen as being better than the local cuisine because the local cuisine was eaten by the ordinary people. And then all of a sudden, there was this movement, a gastronomic movement, which really began in the in the 2000s. And the, the, the person behind this was a chef called Gaston Acurio, who really put Peruvian uh, cuisine on the map. And so he took things like quinoa, which of course is you know, highly, uh, highly nutritious and it's a health food which is eaten everywhere in the world now. But quinoa in those days was what people used to feed to the chickens. And so he, he really took these, these dishes which were eaten by poor people in Peru and, and said, well, look, just look what we've got here and look, look at how valuable this is and look at how unique this is. Let's show this to the world and let's put these dishes in fine restaurants and so, tourists and wealthy Peruvians can come and eat them, and they can see them see it in a different way. And so, even the the wealthy Peruvians who might have been preferring who might prefer to eat French or Spanish uh, cuisine started to take another look at Peruvian cuisine and say, "Well, let's see what we've got here, and let's value what we have." Um, the fusion of cultures and the incredible wealth of ingredients from the rich biodiversity that Peru has from the coast to the Andes to the Amazon. Um, let's make the most of this and and uh, in a country which is very fragmented, politically extremely fragmented, Peruvians basically are united by one thing and that is or maybe maybe also football, but cuisine is definitely the thing which probably unites most Peruvians. So football I think has given them cause for celebration recently but also cause for disappointment because they didn't qualify for the World Cup uh, this time around. But I think cuisine is something that all Peruvians can celebrate and all Peruvians can feel pride in.
0: So, what is your favorite dish, Dan?
1: Well, Elaine, I'm going to go for ceviche because it, it's really the first dish that blew my socks off. Uh, I just thought it was so simple and so delicious, and uh, and I just thought, well, it, you know, it's so unique as well, and and yeah, that that's really still still my favorite dish. It's not something you're going to eat you eat every day but it's still something that I really look forward to eating.
2: Of course, there's Machu Picchu and many beautiful places to go, but I would say that something that really united Peruvians and, and brought them together was was really believing that, that our food was one of our biggest uh, assets.
0: Well, such a fun and informative conversation. Dan Collins, thank you so much for being with us. Today on the America's Now podcast. The executive producer of the America's Now podcast is Jose Velasquez. Our audio editor is AJ Moore. Joe Zirinko is our copy editor. Umberto Duran is the head of the features unit. And I am your host, Elaine Reyes. Until next time.